this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Have you ever felt a desire for something more than what you have, or to be somebody more important than who you are? I think most of us have probably felt that way. And as we'll see today, that desire has lived inside the hearts of human beings for a very long time. And as it turns out, Jesus has something really important to say about it. Thank you for watching this today. And if you've been joining us for the past several weeks, you'll know that we've been working through the Gospel of Mark as we focus on Jesus and who he is what his life and ministry were like, and, and how that impacts us as we live out our lives today. Today we begin with Jesus being cornered, not by the Pharisees or some other religious leaders as was often the case, but instead this time he's being cornered by two of his closest disciples. These, these guys, they come to Jesus to ask him for a favor, one where they don't really fully understand what they're asking. So let's jump right into Mark chapter 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink, or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink, and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now this discussion comes after they had all witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus, which was this uh, beautiful and, and scary and awe-inspiring moment where a physical and, and visual and audible manifestation of, of God's power through Jesus was on display. And after seeing that, I think a lot of the, the disciples probably had some visions of, of grandeur of what this Jesus was like and how powerful he was and, and what that could mean for them. But James and John, they actually had the nerve to, to articulate their desires to Jesus. And by asking Jesus to place them on his right and, and his left, they're asking if they can be placed in positions of honor. They want others to see that they are the greatest beside Jesus. Now, as we ponder 
what these guys did in, in asking Jesus for this. I think a tie-in for us to consider right off the bat as we work through this is that I want us to ask ourselves the question, is there anything inherently wrong with what these guys did? Is there anything wrong with wanting to be the greatest or to achieve the highest levels that we can reach? I mean, today, if you desire to be the absolute best in God's kingdom, is that, is that really a problem? Are James and John wrong for what they were going to ask Jesus to do? I want to dig a little bit deeper and focus on some of the individual moments in this conversation as we look at that. Beginning again off the top at verse 35, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. It's interesting that in, in the parallel account of this, which is found in, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, we're told that their, their mother also approached Jesus with James and John. They brought their mother along. I don't know if that was for moral support or because she encouraged them to ask this of Jesus. I'm not too sure, but I just find it interesting. And I mean, the problem here, I think right off the top, is that it seems as if James and John want to achieve some level of greatness without actually earning it. The one thing we see from the request of these disciples is that they believe that Jesus has something special in the works, which was true. And even though they don't understand what it was, they want to be put in a place of honor when that thing comes about. But I love the way that they frame the question, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. What is unfolding before us, I think, in this text is, is James and John's ambition. Their ambition to achieve unearned greatness or position. They want something special, but they essentially want it for nothing. They just want Jesus to give it to them because they asked. Now, before I go too far here, I, I don't want anyone to get me wrong. Jesus does give all of us something very special for nothing, for less than nothing, actually. I mean, as, we, as we've talked about in the past, despite the, the insurmountable debt that we all owe because of sin and our own shortcomings, Jesus chose to die, to give up his own life on this earth so that our slates could be wiped clean and that we could have an eternal life. We could spend eternity with God. Now that is the absolute best something for nothing deal out there. But these great positions that James and John are asking for, this is something a little bit different. It's not salvation that they're asking for. I mean, perhaps they, they think that Jesus is going to set up some sort of earthly kingdom, a kingdom here on, on earth, and they want a, a prominent place in that kingdom. Either way, they're definitely displaying an ambition to be above other people that are also in that kingdom. And I think as we'll, as we'll notice as we work through the text, their, their desire to be great, their desire for greatness is not necessarily the issue, but it's perhaps their, their reason for wanting it. 
their ambition and, and probably the ambition of all of the other disciples was to be recognized. They wanted to be seen as something special. They wanted to be seen as a cut above everybody else. Now, considering the humble background of these two guys, they were fishermen when Jesus called them to follow him. I'm sure that the thought of greatness, of sitting at the left and right hand of, of a king, it's probably pretty intoxicating to them. And the reality is that without Jesus, these two guys, their memories probably would have been lost in the annals of history. I mean, we probably wouldn't really know about them. But their ambition was for more than that. They wanted to be seen as great. They wanted to be seen as special. But they wanted to be seen that way. It's maybe not that they wanted to actually be great or, or be special. They wanted to be seen that way. They wanted a rank and a position so that they could exalt themselves. Now, on a positive note, to give these two guys, James and John, some credit, their willingness to even ask Jesus for this sort of blank check, it indicates their faith in, in who he was and what he was able to do in his sovereignty. They wanted these positions of high honor in his coming kingdom, whatever that kingdom looked like. But their request is, is kind of bold and, and it seems to be ill-timed. But it does show their genuine faith in Jesus, that somehow his kingdom was real and it was coming soon. Perhaps maybe that's why when Jesus responded to them, he didn't do so in a, in a very harsh way. And what they think they're asking for is to be looked upon as the greatest. But as we can see moving forward, there was something that, that these men missed when they asked the question. Moving on in, in verse 38, you don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Now, as Jesus responds to them, if I put myself in the position of these guys, I mean, they're probably thinking, come on, Jesus, can't you just give us a yes or a no answer? Like for once, we asked you a question, yes or no. But Jesus realizes that in saying just yes or no, there's a missed opportunity here. The problem is the motivation behind these guys' questions, and, and Jesus wants to get at the heart of that. And the reality is that there is a price to pay for genuine greatness in God's kingdom, and he wanted to get that across to them. The ambition of these guys to have a prominent position was something that had a price that comes along with it. And he points out that James and John didn't really know what they were asking for. And then he explains that it requires a high level of sacrifice. There's a price. When he speaks about drinking from the cup that he is to drink from, he's alluding to the suffering that he himself 
was called to and that he would be led through. The same symbol of the cup is used by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus asks if the cup of suffering can pass from him. And in this context, when he refers to baptism, he's using another idiom for extreme suffering. Jesus was telling James and John that they would experience similar suffering in their lives. And he wasn't sure they were prepared for it in that moment when they asked for greatness. Of course, we know now we can look back and see that later on in their lives, in their lives sorry, James was the first of the apostles to be martyred. And John was the last to die after he experienced the pain and the exile and persecution. But notice that Jesus doesn't outright condemn them even asking this question. He just wants them to know that the thing that they're asking for is not something to be given, but something to be earned through sacrifice, through suffering, ultimately. And of course, as I said before, Jesus is not speaking about salvation, but he's answering their desire to be great. They have to earn that. That's something that is paid for through suffering. In verse 40, he says, But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Jesus is telling them that the people that sit at his left and right, the the greatest in his kingdom, those positions aren't going to be awarded randomly. It was God's prerogative to bestow this type of honor based on faithful service, not on favoritism, which is perhaps what James and John were counting on when they asked. When you think about it, we remember and esteem these guys, James and John, because of their service and their suffering for the kingdom at the end of it all. So taking this thought today, I think if we want to be great, we need to know that there are no shortcuts. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It takes suffering, ultimately. I mean, one parallel I can see is, is that of Olympic, Olymp, sorry, Olympic athletes. They dedicate years of their lives to training and, and suffering through, through pain and injuries and all kinds of other things to build themselves up to the point where they can compete with the very best in the world. But it's not something to be taken lightly. It's not for everybody. It's difficult. It's challenging. They have to sacrifice a lot of other things in their lives in order to do that. Jesus is saying something similar about being great in his kingdom. We need to be prepared for the price that comes along with that. We also see in this passage another price to pay for that greatness. And that's that sometimes people won't like you. We see in verse 41 that the other ten were visibly upset with James and John. They were probably mad because they didn't think to ask Jesus of this question first. I think they might have been upset because James and John appeared to be getting the upper hand over them and taking the lead over them. And as we'll see, Jesus is watching this very closely. And maybe he wouldn't have said anything more. But because they reacted this way, he's going to sit these guys down and explain things a little bit more. In verse 42, 
Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Now here, Jesus is presenting to us the world's formula for greatness. And a major difference between that formula and the one Jesus is about to give us is the focus. Where and what is the focus of a person who wants to be great? Jesus makes it clear that that the rulers and the great leaders of the Gentiles, they they focus on themselves. All of the kings and the the presidents and the, the Fortune 500 CEOs out there, they make that greatness about themselves. He continues in verse 42 to say that those who get into positions, high positions, they tend to act as tyrants over the ones that they rule. They act this way because, again, their focus is on themselves. And whatever they focus on, it's on how others can serve them or further their own agenda. And so when people follow that formula, the world's formula for greatness, they'll make sure that they spend all their time and their energies to get on top. And once they've reached that pinnacle, they spend their time and energy causing others to bear the weight of their position and their authority. Now, there's an unfortunate truth that I think I I need to acknowledge as part of this discussion. I mentioned kings and, and presidents and CEOs, but the reality is that in the history of, of Christianity, from Jesus until today, there have been priests and, and pastors and deacons and elders who have also ascribed to this worldly formula for greatness. There's been struggle for power. There's been abuse of authority. And perhaps there's somebody watching this right now who is skeptical about uh, the church or maybe even Jesus himself because they've, they've witnessed something like that in a church. And I mean, the only thing that, that I can say to that is, is that I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's heartbreaking, honestly, because that, that type of authority, that type of greatness is not what Jesus teaches us. And clearly, it's not what he modeled for us. And if you are a believer watching this, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus or, or you want to be, my challenge for you is, is to heed these words of Jesus. Not so with you. Not so with you. Do not seek after greatness in the same way that everybody else seems to be doing. And if you ever find yourself in a position of authority, whether that's in the church or your job or your family or in politics, do not use that authority in the same way that everybody else seems to be doing. Not so with you. If we are serious about following Jesus, then he has another way for us to go. Jesus offers us a better path to greatness. 
picking up in verse 43. Instead, Jesus says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now here we have Jesus' formula for greatness. Now after what James and John had just asked, clearly not aware of what he was about to tell them and teach them, Jesus could have been indignant with James and John himself, but instead he wanted all of these disciples to learn and he wanted to model a better way for them. He gently reminds them that they, that we, are not about what the world is about. Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest, then you will be a servant to everybody else. Whoever wants to be first will be a servant of all. The point is that those who are truly great are focused not on themselves, but on others, and on how they can be a blessing to others, not the other way around. A truly great person or leader knows that as everybody else does well, they do well too. Great people look for ways to serve those who are under their authority. The other focus of one who follows Jesus' formula is that they seek to use their own blessings to be a blessing to others. Instead of working to keep everybody else below them, the great person does everything that they can to lift others above them. Jesus himself modeled this principle for us. I mean, as he said in the passage, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't use his greatness or, or position to lord it over anybody or for his own personal benefit. In fact, quite the opposite. He came to serve us. And his formula for greatness is to focus on others, to leverage whatever we have at our disposal and use that for the benefit of other people. Now, if you, if you aspire to greatness and, and high achievement and you're only thinking about yourself in that formula, then you've missed the boat. Jesus tells the disciples the greatness and the position that they seek can be achieved by serving and focusing on others. I think oftentimes we become so self-focused that we forget how to serve and to put others first. But it can start for us even with the smallest things if we seem like we've forgotten and we can build up to the biggest things. If you want to be a great presence in your home, look for ways that you can serve your spouse and your children. What can I do for them and stop thinking about the other way around don't even think about it and children I mean if you want to be a great presence in your family how can you serve your siblings and your parents because the reality is that James and John as we've read about 
They wanted something that they had no idea about what they were asking. We have the benefit of, of seeing this question asked of Jesus and seeing it answered. They wanted a, a greatness and a position handed to them. And Jesus is saying it's not going to happen. The path to greatness is not handed down. It is found in focusing on and serving others. Those who want to be faithful disciples do not need a position of authority, but instead they need a heart of service. We need to focus on what we have at our disposal, what our gifts are, learn what those are, what have we been given materially, physically, in our own bodies? What do we have, our time even, what do we have that we can use to lift other people up above ourselves? And of course, as, as with anything and as with the lives of James and John, we know that without Jesus, there is no greatness to be had. Without his own sacrifice, his ultimate sacrifice and his kingdom to come about, there is no greatness to be had. So as we remember that, as we acknowledge that and think about the ways that we can become great in his kingdom by serving. I hope you'll join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the many blessings that you give each and every one of us. Thank you for the time on this earth that you've blessed us with, the, the relationships that we have, the finances and material possessions that we have. Thank you for our bodies and the abilities that we have. God, all of those things that we have, we, as we read today, if we want to be great in your kingdom, then we need to use those things for other people instead of for ourselves. And uh, we know, and, and James and John knew that it's it's difficult to, to get there, to wrap our heads around that sometimes and to focus on that. So I ask that you would you would help us with that. You would give us opportunities and help us to recognize them, opportunities to serve others, places in our lives and, and people in our lives where we see that we can serve other people and lift them up, make them better, Help us to make those around us better people, knowing that that is the path to your greatness. And when we see that other formula, the world's formula modeled so prevalently around us, God, I, I ask that you help us to see it for what it is. I, help, I ask that uh, you would help those things to be a warning to us, to, to stay away from that kind of thinking of, of putting ourselves first and controlling and, and using authority over others. Help us instead to seek you and your way and your model for us. Thank you for your model, Jesus, for your life and for your ultimate sacrifice. Prepare us, Lord, to make those same sacrifices if we want to be great. I ask and I, I pray all of this 
In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.